Welcome back to another episode of RIACF, Levisor University, where we are currently exploring everything you ever wanted to know about RIA law and compliance, but were afraid to ask. My name is Jeff Smith, and I am the founder and managing attorney for Levisory and the CEO of RIA Compliance Firm. Levisory and RIA Compliance Firm primarily focus on the legal and compliance needs of both state and SEC registered investment advisors. Therefore, if you have any questions about any of this material that I am covering in these episodes or want RIA Compliance Firm to conduct an initial free compliance assessment for your RIA, then please don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at jsmith at lawadvisory.com or 248-376-1480. Today, we're looking at SEC Rule 20646, which relates to proxy voting. So what is proxy voting, you might ask? Well, uh, that is the act of someone other than the owner of the securities casting a vote for or against certain corporate actions on behalf of that security owner. So effective March 2003, the SEC adopted a new rule um, and rule amendments under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 that address an investment advisor's fiduciary obligation to its clients when the advisor has authority to vote their proxies. The rule requires an investment advisor that exercises voting authority over client proxies to adopt policies and procedures reasonably designed to ensure that the advisor votes proxies in the best interests of clients, um, to disclose clients' information about those policies or procedures, and to disclose to clients how they may obtain information on how the advisor has voted the proxies. The rule amendments also require advisors to maintain certain records relating to proxy voting. The rule and rule amendments were designed to ensure that advisors vote proxies in the best interest of their clients and provide clients with information about how their proxies are voted. The reason the SEC created this rule is because SEC registered investment advisors have discretionary authority to manage well over 20 trillion of assets on behalf of their clients, including large holdings and equity securities. In most cases, clients give these advisors authority to vote proxies relating to equity securities. This enormous voting power gives advisors significant ability collectively, and in many cases individually, to affect the outcome of shareholder votes and influence the governance of corporations. Advisors are therefore in a position to significantly affect the future of corporations and, as a result, the future value of corporate securities held by their clients. With such great power comes great responsibility, of course, and oftentimes strong desires to act out of self-interest. Since SEC-registered RAAs have a fiduciary duty to their clients to act in the client's best interests, it makes some sense that proxy votes should be cast in a manner that serves their client's best interests as opposed to the manager's interests. This all sounds good in theory, but in practicality, it is often very hard to know whether a particular vote cast in any particular direction will serve the best interests of the client. So for example, should a particular board member be voted in? Maybe yes, maybe no. Should a particular corporate action be voted upon because it will be in the best interest of the shareholder? Well, what is in the best interest of the shareholder? Is it any action that will raise the price of the stock regardless of you know, the other consequences of the action? Who knows, right? The amount of time it takes to analyze each corporate action across thousands of equities held by major asset managers can be extraordinary. So as a result, most asset managers either obtain the assistance from companies that specialize in performing analyses of corporate actions and provide information or recommendations to the asset managers, or they choose to not take on the responsibility for proxy voting at all. So the important thing to remember here is that 
the delegation of these responsibilities is something that needs to be spelled out in the RIA's um, proxy voting policies and procedures. They need to be consented to by the client, usually within their asset management agreement. The RIA needs to make sure it is receiving the proxy voting records from the outside third party that has been delegated these duties. And the RIA has to review these records and have a reasonable belief that the third party is acting in the manner that serves the best interests of the client, such as by casting votes believed to promote the stock price. Now, let's get into what Rule 20646 actually requires. So the rule says that it is a fraudulent, deceptive, or manipulative act, practice, or course of business within the meaning of Section 2064 of the Advisors Act for an RIA to exercise voting authority with respect to client securities unless you as the RIA meet the following requirements. A, adopt and implement written policies and procedures that are reasonably designed to ensure that you vote client securities in the best interest of the clients, which procedures must include how you address material conflicts that may arise between your interests and those of the clients. Um, B, you have to disclose to clients how they may obtain information from you about how you voted with respect to their securities. And C, describe to clients your proxy voting policies and procedures and upon request, furnish a copy of the policies and procedures to the requesting client. Generally, the way that RIAs seek to comply with the requirement to describe to clients their policies or procedures is to place a summary of these in their ADV Part 2A firm brochure and then explain in their ADV Part 2A how the clients can obtain information about how the RIA voted with respect to securities, uh, the client securities in particular. In the detailed policies and procedures, the RIA will need to address the ways it will ensure that the voting is cast in the best interest of the clients and also how any material conflicts of interest that could arise in the future may be addressed. To better understand a case involving how an advisor was deemed by the SEC to have failed to create policies and procedures reasonably designed to address conflicts of interest, take a look at the case of in the matter of Intech Investment Management LLC and David E. Hurley, which is uh, release number IA-2872, and it's from May 7th, 2009. So because of the difficulty in applying the rule in reality and the growing need on the part of RIAs to rely upon independent third-party proxy voting advisory firms, the SEC in August of 2019 came out with additional guidance. This guidance discusses, among other matters, the ability of investment advisors to establish a variety of different voting arrangements with their clients and matters they should consider when they use the services of a proxy advisory firm. Uh, you will want to review this SEC guidance in more detail, or if you have questions about this or need assistance with creating your policies and procedures in this area, please uh, feel free to reach out. One additional area of clarifications provided by the SEC as part of this guidance is that for an investment advisor to form a reasonable belief that its voting determinations are in the best interest of the client, it, the RAA, should conduct an investigation reasonably designed to ensure that the voting determination is not based on materially inaccurate or incomplete information. So, for example, an investment advisor that has retained a proxy advisory firm for research or voting recommendations as an input to its voting determinations should consider, including in its policies and procedures, a periodic review of the investment advisor's ongoing use of the proxy advisory firm's research 
or voting recommendations. Such a review could include an assessment of the extent to which potential factual errors, um, potential in incompleteness, or potential um, uh, methodological weaknesses in the proxy advisory firm's analysis, uh, meaning that the investment advisor becomes aware of and deems credible and relevant to its voting determinations, materially affected um, the proxy advisory firm's research recommendations that the investment advisor utilized. In reviewing its use of a proxy advisory firm, an investment advisor should also consider the effectiveness of the proxy advisory firm's policies and procedures for obtaining current and accurate information relevant to matters included in its research and on which it makes voting recommendations. As part of their, sorry, as part of this assessment, um, investment advisors should consider and in certain cases may wish to communicate with proxy advisory firms regarding any of the following or all of the following. So first, the proxy advisory firm's engagement with issuers, including the firm's process for ensuring that it is complete and accurate information about the issuer and each particular matter and the firm's process, if any, for investment advisors to access the issuer's views about the firm's voting recommendations in a timely and efficient manner. Secondly, the proxy advisory firm's efforts to correct any identified material deficiencies in the proxy advisory firm's analysis. Next, the proxy advisory firm's disclosure to the investment advisor regarding the sources of information and methodologies used in formulating voting recommendations or executing voting instructions. And lastly, the proxy advisory firm's consideration of factors unique to a specific issuer or proposal when evaluating a matter subject to a uh, shareholder vote. Uh, because there's a lot covered in the August 2019 guidance, I highly recommend reviewing this guidance to ensure your firm is properly complying with the proxy rule, particularly if they're using outside services. So hopefully this has helped to better clarify the proxy voting rule. Since this brings us to the end of our discussion around Rule 2064-6, if you have any questions about any of this material or want RIA compliance firm to conduct an initial free compliance assessment for your RIA, then please don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at jsmith at lawadvisory.com or 248-376-376. 1480. Please note that all engagements are usually conducted in conjunction with law advisory to have the attorney-client privilege and confidentiality apply to client communications. This allows our clients to be honest and open with us without the, the fear of such communications ending up in the hands of the regulators, quite frankly. So be sure to, uh, to view our next episode since you won't want to miss our detailed discussion of other rules adopted by the SEC under Section 206 since these make up a large amount of an RIA's compliance program and its policies and procedures. So goodbye for now. Thanks so much for watching and we look forward to having you with us for the next episode. Bye-bye.